The question is this, what is it that has some of us find our way to the top of our game, to overcome adversity and challenges, resistance and self-sabotage, to rise from the ashes time and time again? What is it that has everyday people just like you and I act boldly in the name of their passions and live out their wildest dreams in this lifetime? That is the question. And this podcast has the answers. My name is Carrie McCauley, and this is Choose Unstoppable. Hello, and welcome to Choose Unstoppable. My name is Carrie McCauley, and today we are here with Meredith Bruff. You guys are in for such a treat. She's a gentle sleep coach for young children who is changing the way parents approach sleep training, and she's helped hundreds of families go from sleep-deprived to well-rested over the last few years, and her clients are from 28 states and 15 countries, so she is uber international, but you guys, she has faced so many entrepreneurial challenges and has so many lessons hidden throughout her story. I cannot wait for her to share them all with you. I'm dying to get my hands on some of the answers to the questions that I have. So I'm really excited that you're here, Meredith. Welcome and thank you. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here too. I know a tiny little bit about your story, which is kind of why I'm hanging on the edge of my seat, but I would love for some context for everyone at home listening uh, and a little more detail for myself. If you can take us like way back to the beginning of how you started your business and how like you even dreamed it up, how it came to be that you, you know, are, are now years later in 15 countries, 28 states. And once you tell us a bit more about your story, we'll talk about, you know, some of the details of your business after, but take us back a little bit. How did you get here? Thank you. You know, one of the things I really love about my story is that it just came from life experience, which I feel like is such a natural evolution, you know? So I always loved working with children since I was old enough to babysit, always babysitting, always the favorite I was on the floor rolling around with the kids at church, you know, so all the parents wanted me. Um, and then that led into being a nanny and later a preschool teacher and just always working with the kids. Couldn't wait to be a mom. So I actually stopped being a preschool teacher because it was getting stressful and I wanted to save some excitement for my own children. It was kind of funny. So later I had my first child and I feel like he was a pretty typical kid. People think that children's sleep is easy to come by until they're a parent and they're like, okay, there's, this is crazy. <laughs> this has got to be normal. Or they're like, I'm a failure whatever. But um, my son was just terrible and completely dependent on me. And that's part, the part that made me most tired was that I was the only one who could get him to sleep. I was the only one getting up at night. I didn't have a husband who was like total hands on at night. He helped at other times, but I think that can be a traditional role and is changing, which I love. When I got pregnant the second time, he was one, barely. I was like, oh my gosh, I did not expect this. And I freaked out about sleep more than anything and started interviewing friends and they gave me some great recommendations. Um, so basically that child was sleeping great from the things that I did from reading books at eight mm -hmm. weeks old. She was sleeping 12 hours and wow. she stayed that way and she thrived. She was a little fat baby who was you know super healthy and happy so it wasn't like sleep deprivation and I I did things gently with her um and then 
I had three more kids because my life was sweet and I love kids, you know, it was so okay. You're a mother of five. Yes. So I have five yeah. kids. Girl. I, I, so there's a, a medal coming your way or some <laughs> kind of certificate just for that. And being an entrepreneur, I can't wait to hear all about it. Carry on. There's moms who have seven and 10. They make me look like, you know, the job's no. easy. <laughs> you make the majority of us look like, uh, yeah, you, you, you're just, you're doing just fine with your five. Don't worry. Thanks. Well, because life was sweet with babies and I enjoyed them, I was sleeping well, everyone was well rested. That's why I had three more kids. I don't think I would have otherwise. Well, add to that craziness, I decided to work from home having a daycare. <laughs> and I did this off and on. So I didn't do it the entire time I was raising my kids. I did it when it worked. We moved a lot from my husband's job. And so it would be like, fresh start. Do I want to do it? You know, so it's just off and on for about 15 years that I had a daycare. And because I had such success with my children with sleep, I was helping everyone else. And it was an advantage to me because part of getting kids to sleep well is getting them on a schedule, getting them to fall asleep on their own, getting them to take good long naps. So all of those elements just made my life easier having a daycare and five kids. <laughs> I don't that the irony in that statement. I'm just gonna let it pass. I'm gonna let you continue. Some people yeah. just are made for you know taking yeah, care of I, hear you, I totally sister. am one of those people. So I ended up with 30 years of experience taking care of kids. I ended up helping children for about 15 years um, with the sleep side. And what would happen is these kids just came into my home for the day. I didn't take them at night. I didn't do bedtime. And what I did during the day helped them sleep through the night. And they would be sleeping eight hours within like four or five days of being at my house, whether they are two months old or eight months old or twins or singles. So uh, I think that they were really good about keeping it secret because <laughs> more people would have been coming to me if they knew this was going on, but it was just kind of a perk in my business. So about um, three and a half years ago, I was asked to help a lady. She was in the middle of a move. No big deal. I totally didn't think there was anything sleep oriented going on. I just took my daughter over and helped this lady with her children while she was moving. Um, but she was a, a single woman. Her boyfriend walked out on her in the middle of the move, had a big screaming fight. Uh, she had twin babies that were two months old and a eight year old and a 10 year old. And they were trying to take care of the babies and it was no air conditioning, super hot Iowa summer, totally awful. Well, my first assessment of these babies was that they were not thriving. They were taking cat naps every four or five hours, sipping at their bottles. And then, I don't know, it just seemed like something was wrong. And later that night, the mom took me aside and she actually told me how devastated she was in her life situation. Mm -hmm. She was very depressed. So she had postpartum depression. She had two infections. Um... She was now going to be on her own and had no money coming in and she didn't know how to take care of babies. And so she was kind of ready to give up one way or another, mm -hmm, either mm -hmm. on the babies or on herself. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really moving. <laughs> I didn't know how I could help her, but I just knew I had to. Mm -hmm. I, she didn't have any friends. So she had moved there recently. So I basically just said, I won't let that happen to you. I'm going to take care of you. I took her home with me. She had never been taken care of before. So she just sat in my kitchen weeping while I made her food. Um, she had to get back into life after that night. And so my daughters and I took care of her babies for about four days. And once again, I brought them back to mom thriving. 
they're on a schedule. They're taking great naps. They were sleeping for eight hours. And before the catnap thing was going on day and night. So she, that's why she was in yeah. because she wasn't sleeping mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm-hmm. two month old babies and all these other health problems. So that's when I realized how important my work was and how gifted I was. And I attribute my gifts to God. And so it's not just I'm this awesome person. I just know that I have a gift. So I just started asking my friends about their children's sleep. So basically just interviewed people. And because we were talking about it, it just hit me really hard that I should do this. I think I was talking to one friend and we're like, I could totally do this all the time. I should. And everyone was excited. (laughs) But I pulled about 30 moms and I think there was one out of 30 that didn't have problems with her kids sleep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I was like, okay, this is it. So silly me, I did not even like look online at, hey, is there such a thing as a sleep coach or sleep consultant? I didn't even know. It's so funny. I basically reinvented the wheel <laughs> because there are schools for this. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them teach you how to run your business. I did not know that at the time. So, I, but the other thing that was unique was that I needed to figure out how to transfer my knowledge and my ability. That was my biggest struggle getting mm-hmm. started. It, it actually took me about six months to figure that out. Yeah, I think that oftentimes entrepreneurs, they do go and get the help and it's usually around tactics and strategies on how to build a business as opposed to exactly what you just said is how do you take this kind of zone of genius that you have that you've never really needed to tell someone else about before you just do it. And when you do it that much, it's kind of inherent in the background. It's almost like reactions and reflexes to be able to figure out and almost systematize what it is that you do so that someone else can follow it that's a real like entrepreneurial challenge Mm -hmm. uh yeah which you've obviously clearly figured out continue well i i spent that summer reading everything i could about the sleep situation for whole families because i knew that my little area of expertise was not enough to really you know help everyone so i just read everything i could just trying to get a little bit more um just be more well-rounded and and learn more. So that's all I did in that area. It was just read more books for the summer. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, what do I do? I have no idea. I did a daycare. That was easy. My husband basically did my taxes and they paid me, you know, I had no idea how to run a business. And I actually felt really overwhelmed by that. That Mm -hmm. really sucked. I just remember Googling constantly. What do I do? How do I do this? I had no idea. So I just, one thing that's really neat about my story is there was constantly someone being led to my path to help me constantly. Like I would tell someone at church next, thing you know, I find out that person is a website guru, you know, and I mm-hmm. tell somebody else and there's just always people in my path there to help me. It was so neat. So inspiring. Um, another thing is once again, I hope you don't mind me bringing up the religious side of things, but I prayed really hard about whether or not I should do yeah, this because yeah. I was about to go back to school that fall. That was my plan. I'd been waiting for 20 years. So I am not a college graduate. Mm-hmm. I basically had a few uh, attempts at college when I was 18 to 21. <laughs> I didn't make it very far. Don't worry. It took me a while to get out the other side as well. <laughs> yeah. So I was starting school. And I, I knew that was not a good idea to do both things. And so I felt really strongly that this was a calling. And I, from the beginning, had a vision that I could do this really big thing. It wasn't just. I'm, I'm going to help families. I wanted to help a lot of families. And I also had a friend pass away around that same time who was 
really, really reaching a lot of people. She was 32. She died from cancer. And she had helped thousands of people as a therapist, written books, was like the head of her department in, in the university. And so it was just amazing that she was doing so much. And she inspired me to do whatever I could to go as far as I could. And just kind of totally different field, but just keep on blessing families in her name. So that was inspiring too. So what I'm getting at is that I just had a really big vision, like sky's the limit. I can do this big thing. I can change the world. I didn't even know how or why I felt that way. But that was one of the reasons I persevered and didn't let anything get in my way. Yeah, it's so it's so inspiring. I mean, like you've taken this passion from childhood, you've then turned it into your own kind of zone of genius, learned and expanded everything that you possibly could. And then you finally jump in, you decide you're going to start this business. Now from the small conversation you and I have had, uh, I know um, that you you struggle with something that I think a lot of people at home will be able to relate with, and that is um, having a, a partner who doesn't necessarily see your vision the same way that you do. I know a lot of the clients I work with, a lot of them actually have this as a problem, not to throw our partners under the bus, but if they can't see it, and they obviously love and care about, some of them love and care about um, us as entrepreneurs, you know, it, it makes for a little bit of a rough road. So can you just share a little bit of what your experience is like? You have this great idea. You're like, okay, this is what I'm doing. And then how, how are things at home? Well, um, I guess a little more info. I had tried some of the party type businesses in the past. Mm-hmm. So I had this mm-hmm. bad track, rec- track record yeah. of not doing well, because it was basically like, sell this. Oops. I mean, buy this. (laughs) Always buying what I was supposed to be selling and not doing as well as I thought. And then the daycare was fine, but it was really small. I I was only wanting to take care of three or four kids. And that included some part-time kids because I had five kids. So um, taking another business idea to my husband was seriously laughable to him. He was just like, oh no, no, no. You know, and for him, it was definitely, you're not spending my money or our money in his mind, you know, whatever. Um, but I've always felt like it was kind of his money because he was the provider and, um, I wasn't a businesswoman. And so it was just really hard for him to have faith in me. And when he found out about my idea, being a man totally removed from the situation that women go through, (laughs) that is the problem I still run into with my like would be clients. Their husbands don't get it. Um, he was just like, that just sounds like a hobby. It sounds like a side job. It doesn't sound like a real job. And I was yeah. devastated, yeah. heartbroken that he didn't see my vision. And that's silly because he, he doesn't get it, you know, but it was still hard. It was sad, but I just kept plugging along. And so how did you, you were just like evenings and nights or when it wasn't impacting the family, were you just squeezing it in when you can, or did you enroll him in while I'm doing it anyway? We had a backup plan. Uh, for like, how could I still bring in income? I was working in the schools before that for a few years and I really mm-hmm. loved that job and I actually wasn't looking to do something different, like as a assistant to teachers. Um, so I was able to substitute in that field anytime I wanted, you know, on call, I could say no. And that was so fabulous because I could, you know, when we needed the money for sure, I could work more. When I didn't have clients, that was there for me. So I actually did that for about, almost the whole school year 
I started my business like September 1st. So it was almost the whole school year that I did that on the side. And that took a lot of pressure off me from my husband. Yeah. yeah. But um, I guess it's just that I believed in it so much. That I just kept fighting. I kept uh, standing up for myself. By January, I was doing well enough. He was starting to pay attention. It was like, yeah. okay, let's open a, a bank account for you. So that was my first real big moment <laughs> before I was doing like doing business as. Da, da, da. So this was, I'm now a LLC. I have a real company and he got me the business license and all this stuff. So that was cool. And it was like steps with him, just me persevering, doing my best, reinventing everything I needed to. <laughs> um, and just succeeding. He just believed in me more and more. And that spring, um, I had a really great breakthrough moment where a mom on Instagram, who's very well known, hired me. She had 100,000 followers. I actually reached out mm -hmm. to her because she had this amazing black and white video that w went viral, like 30 million views in about a week or two. I reached out to her to ask to use it and told her she didn't have to live this way because the video was of her getting up over and over and over all night. And it was like a time sequence, like really fast. You could yeah. the whole night in 30 seconds or a minute, but it went viral, which to me was like, Hey, women are seeing themselves in this video. And, and yeah. I would show my clients and it would make them ball. Cause they were seeing themselves too. It makes me want to cry. thinking you. It. Yes, it makes me want to cry. Thank you. <laughs> so she, this lady though, she responded to me before a whole bunch of other consultants reached out to her. So we were talking early on and she hired me, which was really exciting. She connected with me because I was a mom and I knew what I was talking about because of my experience with kids. So I knew then as well that I was different, that people were going to relate to me and want to work with me. But we worked together and she told these hundred thousand followers about me and I ended up with clients all over the world. So I went from working in home with families, which was almost like my school. Like I had from September to March, going in people's homes for like a week. And I was charging like pennies. I charged like $200 to be in their house for 60 hours. But I was there hands-on watching and applying and continuing to figure out how to transfer my ability, you know? Yeah. And then I had this breakthrough moment where I went online, FaceTime, talking face-to-face -face with women all over the world. It was oh, so, so exciting. Beautiful. So inspiring and exciting. Just hearing how something can come to life from, you know, a, a coffee with a friend being like, I think I can do this to all of a sudden now you're Zooming or Skyping, whatever you're doing with people all around the world, doing what you've been passionate about since you were a kid. I mean, I think this is an entrepreneur's dream story, but it, it comes with its share of challenges. And that's what I, I love about your story. I mean, I don't wish challenges on anyone, but I've yet to meet anybody that finds success that didn't have some. Right. Uh, you know, what I really love is as they've, as they are coming at you, you're kind of just figuring it out. As and I went. <laughs> like, this is my vision. This is my calling. I'm just like, there's no other option. Right. I know you noticed, you noticed, I know you said, um, that you were in people's houses for $200 for like 60 hours. And I know that that was a research phase. And oftentimes we do that. Uh, but something you and I had very, very briefly touched on was uh, a challenge you had with not wanting to charge money or 
what you might have considered a lot of money. And I think many entrepreneurs, especially when they're starting, really struggle with putting um, value on what it is they do, like a monetary value or even almost feeling guilty charging it's, I mean, yours is a very kind of sensitive situation. It's these like broken and uh, sleep deprived mamas. And, you know, it's still this is your livelihood and your work and what you do. And so how did you rest? Can you just share a little bit about what that was the feeling was like for you and how you managed to overcome it? Yeah, I think a, a big part of what we struggle with is, am I worthy of this? Am I good enough? I didn't go to college. I didn't study this, which I found out along the line that there's people trained in this area. But um, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of negative self-talk that we have to identify as happening. Um, For me, it helped that I I would raise my prices in small increments. So at some point I realized the value was there and I started charging a few hundred dollars or more when I was doing the online work. I'm sure those people just loved that. <laughs> I had like 60 clients in a couple of months. So I still made a lot of money. It was awesome, but it was not enough for what I give. Um, so I, I think that burnout kind of helps when you start to feel like you're giving so much. You're like, I can't carry on like this. I can't do this to make this amount of money that I need to. So I, I would start to realize that was one of my problems. And then also I was doing some research online to see what other people charged. And then I was seeing how much I was giving compared to those people. I was giving a lot more time. So that helped me raise my, my dollars again. And then um, I actually took a course about a year and a half ago that was geared towards women leaders, women entrepreneurs and leaders. And they spent a lot of time working on that mindset. So I think that's when I really overcame it was just hearing over and over, you're worthy. And they would have a look in the mirror and say, I charge this much. And it was, it it turned into thousands. I don't charge that. Don't worry. But at the time I came up with the program that was very in depth, that was for like three months. And I, I was charging thousands and I had to like look in the mirror and be like, you're worth this. And it's, it's worth it to them. And I, and the more yeses I got, the more I believed in it. And now because of COVID, I actually have much lower prices because I have so many different levels of support that I offer because I want to help people at those lower hundreds or even my workshops for $75, whatever, but I can still charge people a lot for, you know, depending on what they're, they're purchasing for me. I feel good about that because I know that I'm giving them this life-changing service. I know that I am unique in what I teach and I have something different to offer and it's worth it. And, you know, I honor you and acknowledge you as a female entrepreneur for any of our our gentlemen friends that are listening. I do feel like it is a phenomenon that is more, um, that uh, more women, yeah, like that, uh, this idea of putting a, a financial or monetary value on what it is that we do. And I am always inspired listening to other female entrepreneurs because the more you are willing to stand up and say, hey, you know what? I know that I am worth this. I know um, that I provide this this much value. Uh, then it frees up other women to do the same. Yeah. And so many times I like whenever I, I get a chance to talk to anybody is just to flip that conversation because we think we are helping people by keeping our prices like undervalued because we feel bad like we should be helping for free it's a very you know nurturing woman's way (laughs) but actually we're helping people 
in a much greater way. We're helping women, especially in a much greater way, if we are willing to stand tall and say, no, this is what I'm worth. And I'm proud to put my services out there. And I, um, you know, happily provide more value than I asked for in return so that other women, other mamas, even that you're, that you're working with when you're talking with them on the phone, even though they're kind of in this challenging time, get to see and hear another woman on the other end of the line, valuing herself and standing for herself and what she's worth and what her time is worth, what her um, expertise is worth. And so uh, that is really what lights me up is to have women being that example for other women out, out in the world. So I, I virtually high five you uh, over and over for that because it's a huge lesson uh, and such an important one that so many of us struggle with. So uh, I'm so glad we got to touch on that point. Um, And I just want to say, sorry to interrupt you, but I don't want you to move on yet. Um, It's liberating when you accept that you're worth that. I mean, just what you just said right now made me want to cry because even just feeling liberated by it. Like I'm worthy. I'm worth this. It it's very emotional. It just yeah, really, it really dig deep into your value as a person and with your talent and to be paid that well, it feels amazing. It's so exciting yeah. and wonderful. And I do think even in my field where women aren't charging very much for what they do, they may not offer the same service or depth of service or quality that I do, but they're, they're like they're changing lives too and they're being underpaid as well so i wish that i could influence you know that field in a broader way absolutely yeah that field an entire you know an entire uh gender of of women entrepreneurs who are seeing other women have a breakthrough in that area i think it is so it's so moving to witness a woman all of a sudden be like no wait a minute the more I am able to share and stand for my worth, I set another 10 women free. I love it. As opposed to undercharging one, I'm setting another 10 free, another 100 free, depending on how visible you are, another 1,000 free. That's true. Uh, that is something, yeah, that I think we miss that part of the narrative. We think about the individual exchange and just wanting to help and wanting to serve, and that's great. But we're missing the opportunity to stand for hundreds of women by saying, no, hang on a second. This is what I'm worth. This is what I'm going to charge. And this is, you know, this is how it's going to go. You're um, totally motivating me. Thank you. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go raise my prices tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah. I, yeah. COVID. Like I really did. Uh, I have this successful sleep group that has like 4,000 people and for those women, I have a much lower offering because it's so painful for me to watch all these women in my group eating up my free advice, but not hiring me because they're stuck. Um, so just a side note, uh, just good information is that I work primarily with high needs babies and children, which means they have really difficult, challenging traits. Um, most of the sleep books, sleep consultants work with easygoing, laid back textbook children and that their approaches work for them. Um, but since the kids I work with aren't so easy and they're not so clear cut, their parents need a different solution. And I specialize in non-crying methods, which is completely opposite of what everyone else does. I actually just saw a post this morning that said, there are no non-crying methods out there. And I said, actually. <laughs> so um, I, I mean, my work is super important and it's very different. And I have a hard time with that. Like, I don't want to see you struggle. I want to help you. And 
the value yeah. of what I do is huge. <laughs> it's so hard. Yeah, it's so I totally get it, especially in your line of work. But honestly, I think it translates to any it translates to any entrepreneur because any entrepreneur is so most entrepreneurs are so attached to serving and helping I mean even someone who is you know an online marketer and teaches people how to create businesses like I want people to be free it doesn't have to be as hard as uh you know many people what they suffer and what they go through and um and even as a, as a signal to them, you know, what I say and what I charge and what I do is a direct message to the world on what they should charge and what they should do. Um, so I'm proud of you. I just want to say that I am completely inspired. I love your story. Um, I love I just love how it's, it's just feels like this fairy tale entrepreneur story. And with every good fairy tale, there are some challenges. There really are. Um, and I just think you're incredible. I think you have a heart of gold and those mamas are lucky, lucky, lucky to have you. So I'm grateful that you're the kind of woman who has chosen to serve in that way because God knows those people need you. Um, you know, they need you more than they could possibly know sometimes. So if people want to find out more about you, if they want to join this group, for example, which sounds amazing, if there's any mamas out there um, who uh, just need to get a little more Meredith, how do they go about that? So my successful sleep group on Facebook is the one where women go to find a supportive group, no mom shaming, completely mm-hmm. supportive. They get booted if they're negative. I'm like, nope, we're, we're, we're supportive and we're kind. And you find a lot of that free information on the non-crying methods and my focus on building security and trust in children, which is totally different. Um, and then I have a, a website, it's sweetslumbertime.com. Maybe not the best name because people get those words mixed up or they want to say the wrong one, but sweetslumbertime.com. And for everyone, I'll put it, I'll drop it down in the show notes as well. So if you're driving, don't pull over and get a pen or anything right now. I'll make sure. (laughs) I'm on Instagram and I have a a Facebook page too with Sweet Slumber Time. So. Okay, great. And we do on Instagram, if that's where you're at, you're not on Facebook. There's lots of free tips in my um, profile there mostly what we post is just guidance and help and every now and then something personal so people can know me but I like to go live in my group and teach moms um, answer their questions I sometimes go in other groups in Facebook and try to help out but I'm a busy woman it's hard yeah Uh, Okay, so before I let you go, one final question. If there are or is an entrepreneur um, listening at home today or wherever they may be in the car at the gym, um, and they are finding themselves in a situation in a uh, in like a low period in their business where maybe they've kind of started and then all of a sudden there's no clients coming in or all of a sudden things don't seem as uh, honeymoonish as they had for the first few months or a year. What advice would you give them knowing that you've gone through a few of those windows? What would you say to someone who's in that moment right now? What has served me most is working harder. And it doesn't mean spinning, spinning my wheels. I mean, I've done that too, but I feel like working harder on solutions, changing direction, analyze what you're doing, analyze what's not working. And I think in those moments, those have been my best 
periods of time to really analyze bad habits, change direction, correct course. Honestly, I've, I've had those slumps two or three times a year until this year. This year, actually, my first two months were terrible. And then when COVID started, things picked up for me, which is really cool. But I always take advantage of those periods and just work harder. I try to figure out what I need to do differently. And it's a come to Jesus moment where you're just like, okay, this is not working for me or I'm, I'm working way too hard or, you know, it's been really, really helpful for me to think outside the box. That's actually one of the reasons I'm successful in my business too, is I'm not conventional. I try to really look at things from the outside, um, get creative, but I think more than anything, you need a vision. You need to really, truly dream. I love positive affirmations. They've been a huge blessing to my business. So just dream, let yourself dream and you'll work harder. You'll do what you need to do and you'll get there. So great, Meredith. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am incredibly grateful for every nugget of wisdom you've shared and for taking the time Uh, for everyone listening at home. We're going to leave it here. We will see you next week. Until then, choose unstoppable. Thank you so much for listening today. It would mean the world to me if you enjoyed the content to please leave a review and a rating and subscribe to the show. It'll help others find us so that we can spread this important message. We'll see you in the next episode. Until then, choose Unstoppable.